0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, Let's Talk. And good morning. Welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us this time of the day. It's our half hour that we get to talk to great professionals in and around the area about issues that are important to you. And today we're going to be talking with Family Pathways. And we're going to be talking about a program called PATH. And we'll explain it's new and 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 we'll give you all the details here in just a moment uh before we do get to our guests of course the different ways you can listen you have us online you have us with alexa powered devices mobile apps that you can put on your devices and listen while you're on the road the radio of course and if you well i I always say if you join us late how would you do that you're with us now so okay so if you have to leave us and then want to listen to this in its entirety this will be the podcast of the day and that will be accessed on our website wisr680.com pick programs let's talk and then look for family pathways and it's a new player so when you see it if you haven't been on there for a while it's a new player but it will come up there right on top for the day all right with us is Dr. Ellen Welter-Lewis also Brian Dick both on the phone with me hello Dr. Ellen hello Brian Good morning. How are you, Tracy? Doing fine, Brian. Good morning, Tracy. Good. I'm glad you're both there. It's kind of like checking in class virtually, you know? It's like, is everybody with us? All right. So we have this new program called PATH. And so, um, Ellen, I want to start with you in the development of this. Why was this developed in the first place?
1: Well, primarily because of the isolation of individuals who are homebound and are in need of mental health counseling.
0: Okay, and it, and is this directed for a certain age? Well, it's actually available to
1: individuals age twenty-one um, through the lifespan, and um, there is uh, some special services for the our senior citizens.
0: Are they specific services for senior citizens? I know we'll go through different programs that you have. I guess I'm just trying to get an understanding of, of the development for any kind of particular demographic that's out there. What, I, I'm Just why did you go ahead and, and put this together?
1: Well, because there's a lot of people in our community um, who aren't able to get to the outpatient program for services and our staff will actually go to their home or anywhere in the community they'd like to meet.
0: And so, Brian, I want to turn to you for a moment, if you don't mind, because I have a brochure in front of me. And, and one of the things that it says on the brochure is that it talks about depression and anxiety and addiction and other mental health issues are a normal part of aging. That's what it reads on the brochure. I'm wondering if you could dive into that just a little bit for me, because uh, I can understand depression, anxiety, and possibly mental health issues. I'm wondering what you mean by that. But when it says addiction, how is addiction a part of normal aging?
2: Well, I think, you know, we're, we're looking at a target group of adults who are 21 or even up through the lifespan, and over the course of any kind of barriers that they might be experiencing, such as, um, you know, restrictions in their living, um, being able to, you know, their mobility, there could be some very chronic health conditions, uh, there could be issues related to coping in general. And um, many of these folks may have developed over the course of their adulthood um, some enduring addictions to either medications or pain medications. Uh, They could have opiate abuse or other types of uh, self-medicating substances that they've used. So we may not think of older people having those, but many times the generations that we're seeing now that could have been uh, a formative part of their um, coping and development through, through the years. So these are things that we have to tackle uh, with this population and, and certainly consider. We're not necessarily doing addictions counseling. but We have to, we have to be informed about these types of, of issues being part and parcel to the depression and anxiety.
0: Dr. Ellen, I, I want to go back to you. If you could talk about the services that are offered with this new program called PATH.
1: Well, it offers assessment. If you have a loved one or a family member that is is homebound and experiencing this, you can give us a call and we'll come out and do an assessment. And then we have specially trained therapists who um, have really focus this on this um population over the last year in their training and they will come out and do individual group and family therapy so um, we will be offering some group situations where um they can say they're in one of the high rise senior living apartments and there's five or six of them that want to get together and have a group then our therapist can go there and conduct that group with them um you know, later life transitions is a really difficult time for many people. And now with COVID, the isolation is really difficult to deal with. Now we are setting up um, telehealth services with the nursing homes and some of the other senior programs in the community. So we will be able to see people via telehealth. Um, We've Purchase computers to provide to the facilities so that they have a worker that will set them up for the um, older individual. And we will um, have the therapist join with them. So, um, But now with the immunizations coming out, we'll be doing a lot more face-to-face.
0: Yeah, and then, and then did you mention the family therapy as well? Because I'm, I'm wondering how the group therapy will differ from the family therapy.
1: Well, family therapy, say you have a transitioning senior that's having some significant mental health issues because, you know, later life issues, then the family can join in on the therapy to support them through these transitions.
0: How important is it that a family member goes through this as well? Because I I have a feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there are a lot of individuals out there who may see their loved one declining in some way, and then they will come to you and say, my family member is the one who needs the therapy. I mean, how important is it that the family member also gets involved in this? Because I don't think enough of us know how to handle these situations.
1: Well, I think it's critically important any of us who have... Um, gone through later life issues with their parents uh, I'm sure there's many times where um, sitting down with siblings your and your older parent um, for planning purposes and to help um, family members understand what's actually going on you know with our parent you know end of life it can be very depressing and um sit down and help put together a plan. And of course, you know, there's other providers in the community that could be included in this, like a representative from the Area Office on Aging, or potentially a church member or, you know, pastor. Uh, It's who, you know, the family wants in that session for planning and support purposes.
0: And part of the services with PATH with Family Pathways is linkage to community services. How does that roll into um, me working with you? Let's say I'm the one who comes in and and we start this, this process. Do you automatically just connect me with the people that you think are best or do we have a conversation or do I request the connection?
1: We actually sit down during the assessment process and talk about what your needs are so that we can put together a service plan. And the individual signs off on that service plan, so they would give essentially give their permission to contact. Uh, maybe we need to help them get connected with the food cupboard. Maybe we need to help them get connected with LIHEAP for their um, heating you know, heating and uh, electrical needs for their home. Um, Maybe we need to reach out to family members for them and say, hey, you know, mom or dad or Aunt Susie needs some help over here. Who can we rely on to extend a helping hand?
0: Brian, I want to turn to you for a moment. Something that Ellen had mentioned was isolation, and I just jotted that down and picked up on that. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are in how to help individuals right now. I mean, it's almost a year into this with the pandemic. Uh, What's your feeling on on what we can do as loved ones and family members and friends to help individuals who are isolated not be so?
2: I think, uh, you know, it can can be very um, different for, for each situation. I mean, I know one of the things that we're seeing right now is nursing homes, who have a lot of um, individuals in their facilities who are very isolated because there are a lot of restrictions on who can come in and out of the facility, and that's something that this program is is seeking to address through uh, televideo services and so forth, where we can begin facilitating those things. There are others who... Uh, in the course of the assessment process where we will want to identify what their support system is. Uh, Dr. Lewis had mentioned uh, area agency on aging or uh, church members or maybe close supports. Uh, I think it really depends on the particular situation with the individual and mapping out with that person who is who is a viable support. Uh, you know unfortunately a lot of these uh, individuals have went through their adult lifespan, and they've had very few supports um, or maybe fragmented family relationships. So as we mentioned before, I think it's going to be very important in the assessment process to do a map almost of who those support individuals are going to be, and then depending on the circumstances that we have to work with at that time, how do we link them uh, with those individuals through either Uh, phone or video or in-person contact depending on on the situation.
0: Again we're talking with Family Pathways and we're talking about the new program called PATH. It is an acronym and it stands for Professional Assessment and Treatment for the Homebound and uh, Dr. Lewis let me go back to you and and ask you if you've seen this as an increased need only because of the pandemic or has it been an increasing need as we've gone past through the the I will just say five ten years.
1: Well, we have a growing population of um, people who are homebound, either young adults who have sustained or, you know, wheel- wheelchair-bound as a result of an accident or something. But Butler County is an aging county. People stay here. And when I was doing the research for this, there were 15,000 individuals out of our 190,000 population that were identified as eligible right now. Now, we did start on this a little um, right around a year ago, I would say November of 2019. And then, you know, we were just gearing up when COVID hit, and that kind of put the kibosh to everything, as we all know. So um, we're just reaching out and letting the community know that we are ready to implement and excited about this program it is going to be a real resource um for our elderly population and our younger individuals who are wheelchair bound or have some handicapping condition that keeps them homebound.
0: So if we're listening today and, and we're thinking, well it sounds nice but I'm not sure if it's for me, what would you say? How how do we determine if we do need this service?
1: Well, if it's not for you, we need to think about the neighbor who you never see out anymore. And we need to think about um, those individuals who aren't mobile, who could benefit from just, you know, a nice conversation with a competent individual who is ready, willing and able to assist them.
0: Now, can you go into different locations? Obviously, if somebody has a home or an apartment, you could go into there. Can you also go into senior centers or nursing facilities? Yes,
1: we can go anywhere um, the individual is. If they prefer to meet at the senior center, we can find a private confidential area where we can sit down and speak with them there. Um, We can also, if they have a family member they want to sit in, if they're more comfortable with that, we can do that as well.
0: Again, the program is called PATH. Uh, Brian, I'm going to go back to you for a moment, if you don't mind. Again, back on the the brochure that I have in front of me, it says PATH provides, and it goes through a list of different things like outreach and engagement. When it says biopsychosocial assessment, what does that mean to you? Because that's where I would turn to a professional and say, what what, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what, what does that mean?
2: Yeah, once the person is um, established uh, and, and we have an appointment scheduled, they would sit down with a clinician who is trained uh, to work with them. And it would be, you know, a, essentially a very specialized mental health assessment that would look at these particular needs that we're discussing here concerning their homebound or restricted mobility or any other type of limitation that they feel that they have. Um, In many cases, it could be assessing uh, enduring or severely persistent mental health issues uh, or diagnoses that have uh, limited their uh, quality of life. So when you're looking at biopsychosocial, you're looking at the biological components, could be the medical and so forth. The psychological, it could be the um, enduring psychosocial stress or limitations or lack of support, isolation, uh, you know, ongoing mental uh, illness, and then the social is really what we've been talking about now for the past uh, several minutes, uh, looking at their social network, their system of supports, uh, and you're rolling that all into... Um, an integrated assessment, which is uh, reviewed by our psychiatrist, reviewed by myself as the supervisor. And then that forms really the basis for the treatment plan, uh, what Dr. Lewis had referred to as a service plan, which could include uh, identifying supports, identifying clinical strategies, and so forth uh, down the line.
0: How much effort will it take to get ourselves back into society, especially if you're talking about an older generation? um, Because it's been almost a year, it's not been two or three weeks. Will it take a lot of effort to get back into society, society to trust the fact that we can visit each other?
1: I actually think it will, and I think that it's going to take a lot of energy that some people don't have. So we'll be there um, to provide con- encouragement and assist with integration efforts. Uh, some people get, get have found a comfort level in their isolation, and people who connect live much longer.
0: It's interesting that you say that there's a comfort in isolation. It just... Um not that I'm totally isolated, but I identify with what you're saying. We've gotten used to doing certain things just in our home, and it'll be interesting to try to figure out how to get back out. So I asked that question thinking of an older population, but Brian, let me ask you the question. How about any age? Do you think it's going to take an effort to get us all back into society?
2: Well, I think uh, it it is because there is several considerations right now around restrictions and there's certainly a rollout going on currently with the vaccine, which we, you know, the, the results of that remain to be seen at this point. We're all very optimistic for it. And certainly this older population is a target group that's going to be coming up very soon, or even in a nursing home environment, which I think we're very interested to see how that impacts our ability to get access and get those people into more of a normalized um, set of routines, I guess I would say. Um, so, you know, how long that's going to take, I can't say for sure. Are we moving in that direction? I think we're in a much better place than we were a year ago because of the uh, rollout of the vaccines and what we now know about um, COVID-19, which at times is still, it's still evolving to some degree. But I think uh, we're certainly at a position now where um, with telehealth and so forth, we can jumpstart a lot of these types of connections and, and get people started with treatment. And as we roll along here through the spring, we may start to see uh, some movement towards uh, more, more you know, mobility and more uh, uh, you know, visiting and direct contact with people.
0: Again, the program is called PATH, Professional Assessment and Treatment for the Homebound. It's through Family Pathways. So if you'd like to learn more, of course, get in touch with Family Pathways. As I was talking about before, on the brochure, it says PATH provides. Again, it was outreach and engagement and biopsychosocial assessment. There's the medication evaluation and support psychiatric services or support, I should say, psychiatric support. Therapeutic home visits to address mental health concerns. Uh, And then there's case management, the linkage and referral process there. Uh, Dr. Lewis, let me ask you, how do you start the conversation when you're talking about mental health, whether you are talking about depression or just having the blues or anxiety or something that's bigger? Maybe there's bipolar there or, or something along those lines. How do you start that conversation? Because that's a very personal and private conversation to have.
1: Well, the individuals that are in the program now have all been referred by providers they've worked with. So typically, um, the provider, well, always the provider mentions to them, hey, we're going to make a referral to this program for you. Uh So they are a little bit prepped for us when we get there. And most of them, in fact, all of them have been very receptive to services and very grateful that they have someone who is looking at this uh, because depression can be very emotionally painful and sitting in um, isolation and being unhappy, you know, is something that they're very happy to have someone talk to them about, you know, what's bringing this on so we have found that people have been very receptive
0: so I just mentioned that if they want to find out more to call you is there direct access to this particular program or do we have to go through a third party for the referral
1: well you don't have to you can self-refer and you can call us at 724-284-9440 and
0: And yeah I'm sorry go ahead just
1: ask for the PATH program
0: and do we have to have a physician's approval do we have to have a script written if you will
1: uh, you can but if you don't have that we will work to help you get that some people just don't uh, you know don't understand the steps in the process as i probably wouldn't right <laughs> and, right yeah and yeah. i would um call and have our assessment and you know we can you know communicate with the physician and um help them have that What's but the, a lot yeah. of physicians can refer as well if you're in seeing the doctor. I think it will become very second nature for the local physicians to start referring.
0: You work well with physicians. I, I know you work well with a lot of individuals and businesses, but you, you, work, you want to work with the doctors, don't you?
1: Oh, absolutely. And they're very happy to have um, a resource where they can refer.
0: Is this lacking in this county until you develop it,
1: this? Well, it, it's, a, it's really a brand-new service. So it's, it's something that did not exist prior to this.
0: Yeah. What's the end goal for this? What do you hope to see? Well, some of the things we have seen are um,
1: we had one individual that um, was in the nursing home and after several months of PATH was able to go um, to, back to independent living. Oh, wow. So, so, you know, there are some, there's going to be some really great outcomes. I can already see that.
0: And so, talk about how we go about getting an appointment. I know you said there's a referral or we could call you. What do we expect in the way of visits? Um, can we come in? Do we do virtual right now? Well, if someone, um, the point of PATH is to meet people where they are. So, if
1: uh, they want, Uh, us to come to their home we could potentially do that it would depend on the situation Uh, most of our sessions will be through telehealth and we will help the individual set that up
0: now as we go throughout the year um, would you go into their location more whether that's an apartment or assisted living or wherever they are um, once the vaccine gets out and we start to get back to society. Don't know when that'll be, of course, don't have a date. But when that comes to fruition, will you then start going into their homes?
1: Absolutely. Uh, if, they, if that's what they want, if they want us to meet them at the senior center, we can do that. If, if they're in a senior um, high rise or something, we can come to the high rise wherever they would like us to meet them in the community. As long as we can provide a private session, we will be happy to do that.
0: Brian, I want to turn to you for a moment. You've been doing your job for quite some time, and you do an excellent uh, job when you're working with individuals. What's the difference that you find as a professional in working with somebody in their home versus maybe in your office or at a location away from their home? What is it that you pick up, uh, the, those nuances that we don't realize that you do as a professional?
2: Well, I think what we've learned from telehealth <clears throat> excuse me, is that um, – people are are oftentimes much more relaxed uh, being in their home because it is a very familiar environment. They have their space, they have their routines and so forth. Uh, We've noticed and seen this a lot with telehealth where we're actually looking at people through a screen in their home and uh, we're seeing a lot better compliance in many cases because you're going really where they're at, uh, except it's through a screen. But if you're going into a home, you know, certainly a consideration is is being able to uh, meet them at their level of comfort and ensuring that uh, they have, a, you know, a consistent access to you through that environment. I think that's the biggest thing that we're going to see is that people don't have to uh, transport themselves to a clinic. You can go where they're at. It creates a, a high level of convenience in many cases a really good level of of outcome as far as compliance and delivering the service.
0: Dr. Lewis, in our last couple of minutes together, any pointers about this particular program path, the professional assessment and treatment for the homebound, that we didn't yet cover?
1: I think that that the community, um, being aware that this is available, many people... um, particularly our older residents, have sat at home. And I would take a special look to see if this is something that your mom or your dad or um, the neighbor may benefit from, because it's someone connecting with them on a, a weekly basis to say, how are you doing? What can I do for you? And that is always very helpful. I think when you're a senior citizen,
0: do you find that sometimes a person outside of the immediately family, the immediate family, does a has an advantage because they're not so tied into that family unit?
1: Yes, and I think that the family unit kind of breathes a sigh of relief that here's yet another set of eyes mm. on mom or dad or the neighbor, and um, you know it provides some relief to them.
0: How do we get a hold of Family Pathways, whether we want to ask about the PATH program or any other program?
1: We want to ask um, for the PATH program if you're interested in um, us going into the homes for um, someone who is homebound, and you would call 724-284-9440. And just ask for the PATH program and the assessment and intake process will begin, and Pretty quickly, we will be calling and either doing telehealth or
0: visiting soon. As I always do, I'll ask your final thoughts, Brian. I'll ask you first your final thoughts about the PATH program and and the benefits it'll provide Butler County. I think
2: I think what we're really looking at is really providing a, a multi-dimensional set of options for our adult population. Uh, we're trying to transcend uh, the typical or more traditional. Clinic uh, visit environment, which I think from my experience, it can be very cumbersome for older populations or populations that have mobility problems. There is oftentimes a lot of additional hoops or transportation that needs to be uh, arranged for. And I think this is going to provide, combined with telehealth options, of course, too, it gives a lot more um, options to people accessing services. And that's really what this is about, is creating more access and more um, connection uh, for non-traditional clinic populations to access um, traditional and uh, existing mental health services.
0: Dr. Lewis, your thoughts?
1: I think that this is a service that Uh, It's been a long time coming. I think that um, the Federal Department of Public Welfare is really pushing and has made um, the resources available for this population, and I'm so happy to be able to put this together and have it available for our community.
0: Brian Dick, also Dr. Ellen Welter-Lewis, both with Family Pathways. Again, the program is called PATH, and it stands for Professional Assessment and Treatment for the Homebound. Thank you both for very much for joining us today. We do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank Have you a good Tracy. day, Tracy. You too. And folks, thank you very much for joining us. You can always go online to our website to access this audio again. It's wisr680.com, pick programs, and then let's talk and look for Family Pathways. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.